You're listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. The very first national elections in New Zealand occurred in 1853, when there were only 5,849 registered voters. In order to be registered on that electoral roll, voters needed to be male, British subjects and property owners. In addition, they were almost exclusively Pākehā. Over time, the franchise was extended to Māori and women. Today, the current electoral roll numbers more than 3 million people. In this series, we feature presentations which cover a broad range of stories from Aotearoa New Zealand's evolving systems of governance, going all the way back to 1853. Right now we're going to go right on with uh, Christine Clements. Christine is a professional genealogist, a local historian and a consultant to Ancestry. Um, She is author of 18 books on specialist family history subjects, as well as numerous articles and genealogical publications. Um, You can't actually see me, but I'm wearing my Suffrage Centennial Medal at the moment, which I got received for my work that I had done. And my talk today is on Francis Job again, his man, who was a New Zealand suffragist. Francis Job Gain was born in 1841 in Mells, near Frome, Somerset, England. He was the fourth of 16 children of James and his wife, second wife, Mary Ann. Now, James was a farm bailiff. The bailiff worked for the landed gentry. He was the middleman between the owner and the tenant farmers. They often lived on the home farm. They checked that the farms were in good condition and that the tenants had paid their rent on time. Unfortunately, James died in 1861, leaving his family homeless. So what did you do? Immigrate or starve? You could move to town or you could go somewhere else. But where? Their uncle Thomas Pynchon had been given a free trip to Van Diemen's land and had died in Hobart in 1866. An older sister, died in Toronto in 1867. New Zealand as a destination was in competition against the closer United States and Canada, as well as the Cape Colony and the Australian colonies. In the 1860s, New Zealand was divided into provinces and each province was in competition with each other to attract immigrants. Francis and his brothers James, George and Samuel came to New Zealand about 1864 and settled at Spring Creek near Blenheim in the province of Marlborough. As the Gain brothers, they established a blacksmith and farrier business and later farmed in the area. Then in 1875, four of the Gain sisters followed their brothers to New Zealand. As single women, they were a much-needed commodity as domestic servants and wives. In 1870 at Spring Creek, Francis married New Zealand-born Belinda Jane Gifford. Her father, who was also born in Somersetshire, came to New Zealand, sorry, to Nelson in 1842. Her mother was born in Suffolk and came to Nelson in 1850 as a single woman. Francis and Belinda moved to Pātea in the South Taranaki in 1875 with one of his brothers, 
two of the sisters were also living in the area. Francis and Belinda moved to Normanby near Hawara in 1884. Francis farmed and was also a commission agent. He had properties for sale or lease and money to lend. He was often writing letters to the editor and became known as an agitator. In 1884, he was appointed the dog tax collector for the Hara County Council, a job specially designed to get up people's noses. It cost two shillings sixpence or half a crown to register each dog. The dog tax collector was then paid a commission for each dog registration collected. He was also able to impound stock and horses, another disagreeable job. In October 1886, a number of the ratepayers and residents of the township of Normanby requested that he resign his office as commissioner on the Normanby Town Board. He had previously canvassed the ratepayers and residents for two months as he was pro-temperance. He told those who requested he resign his office that he had sent their petition to the rear which was possible, I'm thinking it's possibly meaning toilet paper. On the 6th of April 1892, the Hawara Normanby Star noted, a petition is in course of signature by women of Hawara in favour of women's suffrage. In some parts of the colony, petitions, petitions are being promoted against the extension asked for, so that as it is to be a battle of petitions, Persons having views on the subject should not fail to attach their signatures. The Normanby correspondent of the Hawara and Normanby Star wrote, the female, sorry, the female franchise is being pushed in Normanby, but I hear that several ladies have refused to sign it, as they prefer leaving such matters in the hands of their husbands. There is one question with reference to this woman's franchise that I should like to ask. That is, are the ladies obliged to tell their age? If not, cannot these papers and petitions be signed by girls underage? Francis Gain replied saying, the petition to parliament to extend the franchise to women of 21 years and upwards came into my hands with 12 signatures attached and I witnessed the balance. 48, 60 in total. And actually, when you look at the petition, you'll see that each page uh, only had room for 60 signatures. If the petition, sorry, if the petition had been 10 times the length, I have no doubt that it would have been signed with about the same variations. One man said he should object to his wife signing as he considered a man and his wife should be one. And if his wife had a vote, this might lead to dissensions in the home. Three women wanted him to call again later after they had consulted their husbands, as it was understood they would not sign anything without consulting each other. <coughs> Excuse me. Three women's husbands told them they were to please themselves, re-signing. One woman's age, over 70, said it prevented her undertaking any new responsibilities. Another woman said her head was so weak that she could not then see the question in all its bearings. And another woman who knew the views of her husband decided to leave it as it was. With the single exception above stated, 
the husbands I met urged rather than otherwise their wives to sign. <coughs> Excuse me, as they, in conjunction with myself, looked on a woman's right to the franchise as a man's right. I fail to see why any man working to place his female relations, be they either mother, sister, wife or daughters, in a position above want. And then when he dies, the results of his lifelong endeavours are thrown into the hands of men, having the power to pile on taxation so as to crush the person who had the misfortune to be born females instead of being born males. I wonder if this actually went back to his mother lose, um, losing her house when her husband died. He continued, there is so much to be said about the females having a vote, the same as men, and how they would use it. I am convinced that 90 out of every 100 women that I met would vote without fear of favour for the best representation of the colony as a whole. The Normanby correspondent, his name was actually Thomas Lloyd and his wife had actually signed the petition. I contend that if a man is not master in his own house, the woman is the better man of the two and it naturally follow that it is the lady's vote that is recorded, although the man does the voting. I'll just go back to that. I actually, we found this actually quite fascinating because it was kind of giving you the views of, uh, or the thoughts and ideas of two different men coming from different angles about the whole voting thing in a very small town in Taranaki. So New Zealand woman run, won the right to vote on the 19th of September, 1893. The bill was passed by 20 votes to 18. Liquor interests, worried that female voters would favour prohibition, had petitioned to reject the bill. On the 30th of September, the Registrar of Electors for the party electoral district then appointed John Finlay of Hawara to canvass the whole electorate and place names of women and others eligible on the roll. A letter appeared into the local paper from a woman. Will you kindly remind the woman of Taranaki of her electoral privileges? It is to be hoped there will be no shirking of responsibility. It is clearly our duty to stand by the wise and good men of the country who have given us a cordial, ignore the full stop, welcome. We must show our allegiance and our true colours by voting for men of sterling worth, men who will make laws conducive to a nation, bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. More than 90,000 New Zealand women went to the polls on the 28th of November. Uh, there was about an estimated 3,000 in the party or electorate, but I'm not quite sure if it's just a guess. Despite warnings from suffrage op opponents that lady voters might be harassed at polling booths, the atmosphere on election day was quite relaxed, even festive. After this, Francis continued with his letters to the editor. He was a strong supporter of the prohibition movement. He was an early conservationist and set aside a block of native bush on his farm and it still exists today as Gaines Bush. Francis and Belinda had 11 children, five boys and six girls. Two of the, his sons, or their sons rather, tried their luck on the Klondike goldfields and uh, wrote letters to the Hara Star about their adventures. Another son, Captain Francis Egmont Gain, 
died in France while serving with the Canadian Highlanders during World War I. Many of his daughters became pupil teachers. Another son invented the game milking machine after his sisters complained that the milk buckets were far too heavy to carry. The game milking machine was used all over the world and revolutionised the dairy industry. Francis died on the 29th of July 1919 at Normanby, age 78. His wife died there a few years later. As you can see, she was quite a bit younger than him. And they are buried together at the Waihee Cemetery near Normanby. His obituary noted, he was a man of strong character and in neither business or politics was he one who would take up a compromising attitude. A feminist before his time. Thank you very much. You've been listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. You can find further information on our page at SoundCloud or see the Auckland Libraries website 